The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the management of KUCI or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about this show, go to KUCI.org. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. The difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. Studies prove that reading to a child regularly dramatically improves reading skills. And kids who read well by third grade are four times as likely to graduate. So United Way is calling for one million volunteers over the next three years. We're asking you to step up, make a pledge, tutor a child who needs help, mentor a kid who needs someone on their side, volunteer to read to children, make a difference. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Entire communities improve. The path to success or failure starts long before graduation day. And the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you. Be a reader, tutor or mentor, give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Take the pledge. Go to liveunited.org now. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. You're listening to Get the Out. You're listening to Get the Out. Yo, you're listening to Get the Out. You're listening to Get the Out. What's up? You're listening to Get the Out. Yo, you're listening to Get the Out. You're listening to Get the Out. Uh, excuse me, it's Get the Funk Out. Right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, every Monday at 9. For more information on the show, you can visit the show blog at getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. That's right. Get the f*** out. All right, enough already. I get it. Yeehaw! I can't believe the language on those people. Okay, we are joined by another special guest, Robert Hammond. He's an award-winning screenwriter, producer, and author of over 10 books, including Ready When You Are, Cecil B. DeMille's Ten Commandments for Success, and C.B. DeMille, The Man Who Invented Hollywood. He holds an MFA in creative writing and is a highly sought-after speaker on personal achievement, filmmaking, and Hollywood history. His film projects include the documentary One Day on Earth and Epic Hollywood. It's my pleasure to welcome Robert Hammond. Hi, Robert. How are you? Hi, Janine. Great. Wonderful. Thanks so much for calling in. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. You have a very, very interesting backstory into how you got to become an author. And I know you've been, you know, you've written several books and got into screenwriting. Before we get into all that, could you share a little bit about your backstory? Okay, sure, Janine. Um, you know, just in light of, uh, you know, we're all mourning the death of uh, Philip uh, Seymour oh, Hoffman oh, uh, this weekend, and, you know, a very sad uh, loss, great actor. Yes. And just about my own story relating to that is I was like that. I was a heroin addict. Mm. You know, I was, you know, in this business of, you know, running the streets and doing all the stuff and trying to put on a, a face of, uh, propriety for the people that I needed to deal with, but behind the scenes, you know, I was lying, cheating, stealing, and you know, I ended up in and out of jail, uh, rehabs, you know, even in prison wow. um, over my my uh, drug addiction. So I was I was like that, and I, mm-hmm. and I overdosed several times, and you know, fortunately, yeah, you know, I, I survived those. But um, yeah, you know, I do have great sympathy for anyone, um, you know, who has problems, you know, with, with drugs or alcohol or, or any other types of addiction, and many other addictions other than, 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 than like hard, you know, drugs and narcotics. Yes. 
in many prisons other than the the you know the state the <laughs> institutions or county prison. jails too. Right, so we right. all have things uh, on some level you know not necessarily as, as devastating as that. But that was my my story basically is in and out of jails and prisons and rehabs you know half my life basically. How did you and, manage to find your way out of that really low low place in your life? Well, not easy. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that you know you, you you know you you know better and you think you'll do better and you make promises and you know and I, I did all those things. I made promises to my mother, father, family, you know, God, mm-hmm. and everyone else. Uh, and and by the way, my father's a, a, a physician. You know, my mother's um, got a master in social work. You know, so we mm-hmm. we had a really good you know background. So it wasn't a question of you know I'm you know living in some really abusive um, you know neglect situation but the way I got out of it ultimately is, is having you know attempted numerous times like I said I went to rehabs went to all the, the different 12 steps and other kinds of programs you know church religion you know everything mm-hmm. else and then eventually I got to the point where I was actually on death's door I, I call myself it like a dead dog laying on the road of life oh, I was Robert, like oh, God. <laughs> left and I was actually given to death, death sentence literally in the sense that I was I was so sick physically, you know, from having, you know, basically just destroyed, devastated my body with all kinds of, you know, not just the drugs, but just the, the diseases and stuff that goes around, you know, with, you know, those, that kind of lifestyle. Yes. I was actually told, in, while I was in jail, you were going to be dead by Christmas. Oh, nice. And How this encouraging. was Thanksgiving. Oh, we're thank- <laughs> So I was literally, you know, I mean, honestly, you know, given like a sentence of here, you're, you know, you're going to just die here in jail. <sighs> you know, so. How long ago was this? That was, um, I was in, in the late 80s, so it was about 20-something years ago. Mm-hmm. And when you heard and, that, what did you decide to do at that point? Well, I pretty much gave up. You know, I was, I, I realized that, you know, I had pretty much already destroyed my life, and there was nothing really left for me, you know, family, friends, you know, I mean, pretty much, you know, I burned every bridge that I could come up with. And so I, I really just, you know, sank into this deep, depth and you know, I went back and you know laid down and I was in this you know little jail um, place mm-hmm. and one of the things that I, I came to is, is I just came to this deep deep dark darkest place and then in that deepest darkness I saw the light and I, and I mean I say that again you know yes. I use that phrase literally quite literally that it was a awakening it was like when you're all alone in the dark mm-hmm. you know you can imagine that and then you can just lie down and go to sleep, yes. you know, or you can look for the light. And I found something, you know, whether, you know, you know, however you want to describe that. I mean, I have my own interpretations later mm-hmm. uh, that came to, but, I, you know, it was like this awakening and this belief system, you know, that not just a belief system of words and, and historical events, but this belief of faith that awoken me, awakened me to see something that I just had, couldn't see before. I could really see really where life was and, there was like this new hope, and this life just started changing suddenly. You know, suddenly you know, I could see things very differently. You know, it was a spiritual awakening, I'll, I'll call it that much. Did and that... not just a religious thing, but a you know, deeper thing than that, just a consciousness awakening. And so that was the beginning of that unfolding. And then, you know, just it took someone else to kind of integrate all that. But ultimately, I ended up being healed of all the medical uh, problems that I had. You know, and I went back, and, you know, it took some time to go through all this. So, you know, my story is a longer story than what I'm sharing here, but that was the moment Mm -hmm. of awakening. And then eventually, you know, long story short of this, you know, I went back to, you know, I got out, you know, I went back, you know, I ended up getting, you know, several jobs working in 
rehabilitation with people and worked with several government agencies, counties, and mm-hmm. the state of California. I went back out, went to law school, went got my Master of Fine Arts degree. Law now school? I teach Whoa. <laughs> creative writing, and, and I'm, you know, I've written several books, mm-hmm. and um yeah, I actually have a mo- several movies. You know, I'm a writer, you know, producer. I uh, have this major uh, Cecil B. DeMille, you know, who's the guy that did the oh, Ten yes. Commandments, the oh, big, yes. you know, greatest show on earth, all those big movies. And we're doing his life story movie, you know, uh, Cecil B. DeMille biopic. You know, if anyone looks that up, cbdemille.com. Excuse me, Robert, it, were movies something you always were fascinated by and wanted to do? I mean, well, I, I am. Yeah, I loved movies. In fact, I, I remember getting in trouble when I was a little kid. I, th- I thought about this recently. You know, I went and saw West Side Story when I was really <laughs> a little kid, you know, like about eight yeah. years old or, or less or seven uh-huh. or something like that. And, you know, and I came back to school the next day. It's like I went to, like, let's play West Side let's Story. So I got, like, the gangs, you know, the sharks and the jets. Oh, great. And we were, like, dancing around <laughs> <laughs> to school. And I got in trouble because they thought I was started a riot. Right, get your knife out, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they thought I had all these gangs that I was starting. Oh, that is it was funny. all just during recess. <laughs> did you break out in song to relieve them or no? <laughs> we, oh, I did actually, yeah. You know, Maria was my <laughs> love and all that in my so art. Funny. But um, yeah, I love movies. Yeah, I've always loved movies. Um, you know, Greatest Show, all those old, old, old classics, you know, Ten Commandments, you know, is mm-hmm. one of the big ones that still comes on every year. And that's one of the things I guess they got me inspired about Cecil B. DeMille, and when I went back to to uh, my Master of Fine Arts uh, program, you know, I studied film, and I was noticing that in the history, they didn't even hardly mention him. You know, they mentioned a lot of people, you know, most of them I had never heard of, but they didn't mention DeMille hardly, except for maybe like a paragraph or two out of the 700-and-something page film history book. I was like, well, let me yeah. find more about him, and I just became very fascinated with Cecil B. DeMille, and... I just learned more about it. I wrote a couple of books about him, you know, Cecil B. DeMille, mm-hmm. um, one called Ready When You Are, which is about Ten Commandments for Success, you know, kind of like success principles. And the other one, C.B. DeMille, The Man Who Invented Hollywood, which is a novel and actually fictionalized some of his story, which is the, now the basis of the, the movie that's going to be coming out uh, while we're still working on it. Okay. Um, C.B. DeMille biopic. You know, you can look that up on, online. Okay. And I put this all up on, um, I went to your website, roberthammondconsulting.com, but I also put some of this on my blog. It was very, okay, great. Very, very fascinating background. And you have a recent book called The Light. Yes, I do. Actually, yeah, a couple of recent books. The Light is more of a, no, it's a, is a novel, and that's a, a fictionalized uh, story. Originally, actually, back to my early story was when I started going back to, you know, this recovery process. You know, one of the things I needed to do, and, and anyone who's been in any, like a, like a 12-step or other types of recovery, or, you know, whether it's, you know, through other um, means or spiritual or whatever, there's, you know, talking and getting your story out is a part of the, the healing process. And whether it's a written, you know, inventory or you're sitting down talking to someone in a meeting or, or whatever, um, you know, I went through that process. And then as I did that, I started writing down, you know, these old things that had happened, you know, many, many years ago, you know, these little stories. And it was like a healing process. And as I started doing it, I started remembering, you know, this poetry that I used to write, you know, used to write poetry. And I remember these stories, like the little West Side Story event yeah. that I just mentioned. And, and then actually more traumatic things. And I think we all have, you know, different traumas that may, may not have seemed like the worst thing in the world at the you know to, to everyone else but yes. at the time you know just these devastating moments you know these rejections and hurts guilt fear resentment all these 
things that I believe all people, you know, share these these things. And, and the problem by not healing them, and I think that's back to Philip Seymour Hoffman and people, you know, who go back in and out of this, which I did. You know, I went in and out of uh, rehab and relapse and, you know, going back and got worse and worse and worse many, many times um, because, you know, that heart has not been healed, yes. you know, of these, these traumas, these images, these thoughts, these feelings, mm-hmm. and these deeper uh, levels. And so that's where that, to me, the light was my experience that really allowed me through telling these stories. Uh, that's one reason I wrote The Light. You know, it was really an autobiography, actually. I know. It <laughs> but then sounds... I ended up fictionalizing and turning it into a novel. It sounds like it could be a movie. Yeah, it will. will it will be. As I, I'm going to tell Steve, give Cecil B. DeMille his close-up okay. first. You know, sure. You know, I think his life's a lot more exciting than mine is. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> You know, crossing the tin, you know, the Red Sea and things like that, you know. But yes. um, I will be sharing that. I've got some people interested. I've got some meetings actually this week, you know, with some, some major um, uh, people in the, the business. Oh, good. Oh, good. So. And tell me, I'm working on a screenplay. I went to the UCI screenwriting program here. Oh, wonderful. What, what are some of the uh, people who've influenced you as far as screenwriting and structure, or maybe you're not into structure? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love, you know, the hero's journey is a really the, my favorite basic story, you know, structure. Um, you know, and then, I mean, actually really going all the way back to Aristotle's poetics, you know, where he has just the real, the, the, the real three-act structure is, is a basic thing. You know, you have a beginning, a middle, and an end of every story. Right. You, know, some, you know, you introduce the characters, you know, with some kind of dramatic, you know, thing. You know, and then I like to say the hero's journey where you have a, a person, maybe an ordinary person, but in some extraordinary circumstance, something, some inciting incident, something occurs, yes. you know, whether it's like a Harry Potter or Alice in Wonderland or Luke Skywalker. I mean, these are the bigger, you know, types of stories or just, mm-hmm. you know, the, the regular person, you know, walking down the street and then suddenly, you know, they see the person that killed their father <laughs> or, right. they see, or something, you know, or, or somebody, you know, chases, you know, them you know, through the jungle or, or whatever. You know, yes. something happens. Inciting incident, yes. Act two, uh-huh. and then you have to get out of that. You know, somehow you have to resolve this conflict. Some uh, adventure, you know, ensues, and then there's a, a chase or there's a pursuit, and there's a resolution, you know, some kind of a quest. So I like, you know, the, the quest, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's like money, Python, and the Holy Grail, you know, comedy type of thing, or whether it's, you know, big adventure like, you know, The Greatest Show on Earth or The Ten Commandments or The King of Kings, you know, Cleopatra, whatever. Right. Um, that's my basic structure. And there are a lot of writers, out, I mean, a lot of books on screenwriting. And actually, my latest book, um, by the way, it's called Transformed by Writing. Um, that really gets into deeper levels of, of not just structure, but really the images of the heart and how to really connect with the, the audience. You know, because it's, it's not just about structure and like beat by beat and on page this, you have to have this turning point and mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things, which are, are useful. But after a while, you really need to get beyond you know, just external structure, formula, and we need to really reach you know, heart to heart. And we need to find out really what is the heart. You know, it's not yes. just your physical you know, pumping heart, but it's that I love you with all my heart, heart. Yes. You know, the place that makes the images that um, we see through and we feel through, you know, the feelings and the images that we all have, that's where we connect. Right. And so Transformed by Writing is really about transforming not only your personal life, you know, because you can be transformed by becoming an author, becoming a writer, becoming published, and, and becoming successful, but, 
you're transforming, you know, the healing process, but also your reader, your audience, they become transformed, just like when, you know, you sit and you watch a, you know, a moving story, whether it's Chariots of Fire or Les Miserables or, or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, or even, you know, West Side Story, as I mentioned, or Man of La Mancha, whatever stories that we share, you know, Harry Potter, Star Wars, etc., you can your life has changed. You, know, you can walk out of that movie, you know, whether Captain Phillips, you know, I saw the other day. Yes. Yeah, you feel inspiration. Even if there's, you know, obviously, you know, that they have to change the story, you know, from the true story to, you know, make a drama that can fit into like two hours, you know, because it's not going to be exactly what happened. Sure. It's like the Cecil B. DeMille biopic that we're working on. It's fictionalized, you know, because even the novel, you know, that's why I call it a novel, not a, not a documentary. It's not a just a nonfiction, mm-hmm. you know, this is where he was born, and this is how he died. Now it's like, let's get some drama, let's find the deepest essence of that story, the heart of it, yes. and let's portray it in a real visual way that shows an arc of a character and a theme of redemption and hope and love and faith and, you know, all these great things that, you know, people want to walk away with you know, after just having, you know, eaten, you know, spent $20 on popcorn. I know. And you want to feel, wow, that was, you got to sneak you know, in your own. Worth Come on. It. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> I just saw The Book Thief, uh, which was excellent. I don't know if you've seen that movie yet. Which one? The Book Thief. Have you oh, s- no, I haven't. No, oh, I haven't seen that one yet. I, I've heard about it. Yeah, I, I haven't have seen to that say one it was one of the best movies Love I've it. seen in a very long time. Great. Just the whole, not only the acting, you know, but the whole storyline was very, very powerful. Yeah, I really mm. enjoyed it. So tell me, you went from where you were, this very low point, and then writing, and now uh, you're doing the screenwriting. What else is, what else is coming up? Because I noticed you wrote a... A book called Credit Secrets, How to Erase Bad Credit. How did that come about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that was actually back in my, my early days uh-huh. um, is how I actually started uh, becoming a published author. One of the first things, you know, as I mentioned, you know, my life was such a devastated, you know, adventure, you know, drug, sex, rock and roll and all yeah. that, yeah. that, you know, my credit, you know, as you can probably imagine, you know, was, was really devastated, you oh, know, sure. whatever credit I have. I, I mean, it was so bad, actually, at the time, I couldn't even open up a savings account. Oh, awful. <laughs> I mean, they would. <laughs> I walk in there. Yeah, I have a thousand dollars in cash. You know, can I open money. up an account? Mm. They look up, you know, check systems and all those. Other, oh, nope. Sorry, we don't want your money. Get out of here. Mm. Security, because you know, it had you know overdrawn checks, and you know, it had been arrested for you know forgery and all kinds of crazy things back in my oh, my crazy. days. It took me some time to figure out back, and this is way back in the days. This is, again, I talked about late '80s. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we were talking about where all this was going on when I was, you know, finally kind of seeing that light and starting to get my life back together. And because my credit was so bad, you know, I, and I just needed to, to rent, you know, an apartment. Actually, I was going through a divorce, too. You know, I'd ruined my, my first marriage and everything else. So I was trying to figure out, here, I need to, I can't even rent an apartment, you know, without credit. And I didn't have any credit cards or anything else. So I had to learn, back in those days, we didn't have Google where you could just push a couple of buttons. Right. You know, or Amazon, where you could push a button and just get a book. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to actually go to the library, right. and there were no books on credit repair. You know, there was books on here's how to file bankruptcy, here's how to budget your money, you know, financial planning. I'm like, okay, none of these. You know, there were no books that answered the questions that I had. How do I clear up this negative credit? How do I get credit? How do I establish? You know, how does the system even work? I don't even understand. You know, TRW sure, and Equifax and all that stuff. Right. And so I, I, you know, I did some research. I met somebody who used to work at, who did work at TRW, which is the big credit bureau major at the time. Yes. Uh, Experian is the name of it now. And then I met a bankruptcy attorney, and I said, here, I don't really want to file bankruptcy. I just want to know how the system works. Mm-hmm. And so I learned the system, things that nobody else really knew about. And then I ended up 
clearing up my credit, getting credit cards, being able to do all this stuff. And I was like, wow, that was amazing. And I was like trying to tell everybody how to do it. And people were like, wow, how'd you do that? And I would tell them, you do this, you do this, and then you got to do this and this. And then they would start asking me over and over the same questions. So I go, here, let me just write it down because yeah. I don't want to keep saying the same thing over and over. Right. And I wrote it down. And then I'd say, hey, you know, wait a minute. You know, people are getting all this information I had to go through. And right. I said, here, I'll give you all this information for like 10 bucks. And then if you have questions, you can ask me, and I'll help you do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And so that actually ended up, you know, I kept writing all this information down, and it actually became a book. And then I ended up sending it to this contest. There was some place that had this writing contest, and I was not even thinking about it. You know, and, I, <laughs> and this is back, I didn't even have a computer back then. They didn't have really a lot of computers in the late 80s. Okay. Uh, you know, wrote this, like, in a, on a typewriter. A typewriter, and, look at that. <laughs> you know, if, if anyone knows what those are. These <laughs> You're dating yourself, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually put that, sent this thing in, you know, like a, just a double-spaced, you know, mm-hmm. stapled in the corner, manus- wasn't even manuscript form, because I didn't really know how to really write like an author, you know. Right. <laughs> Here's how to erase bad credit. It was the thing I had, and I just turned it into this place, a little this little mail order catalog that had these underground kind of books mm-hmm. uh, called Paladin Press. You know, they sell a lot of like stuff on espionage and okay. new identities and things. So I, mm-hmm. I sent it in, and I forgot about it. And then a few months later, I got a letter in the mail saying, "Congratulations, you won our contest. You know, we're going to you a thousand dollars in a publishing contract." I'm like, "What? Great!" That. <laughs> and so that was my first book, and then before I knew it. I knew it, you know, that was a best-selling book, and then I wrote another book, and then I wrote a book called Life After Debt, and that was the big one, How to Get Out of Debt. Now that I had all these credit cards, I was like getting in debt because I kept buying <laughs> stuff. That became my new addiction. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I had like about 10 credit cards. I was like spending money flying around the country and doing all this stuff, and then I was like, wait a minute, i got to pay this You can't be in back. debt if you're doing that, buddy. <laughs> oh, boy, yeah. So I learned, you know, I just learned over the years, and Life After Debt was my big 100,000 copies you know, best-selling New York Times book. I was on Bill Donahue and, mm-hmm. you know, all these big shows. Yeah. So that was, you know, that was my background back that then. That's great. And, uh, you know, I just shifted over time. You know, I kind of learned some other hard lessons. You know, I had a few uh, sidetracks. Like I said, like Philip Seymour Hoffman, all these people, that, you know, we go to rehab, and sometimes, you know, you get certain things, or like I said, I saw the light, and I kind of had a spiritual awakening, but it took a while to really integrate that. So it really took me a couple of little stumbles, to mm-hmm. be honest, before I really was able to really clear my system. And, and just even recently, just last year, um, I received a pardon from you know, the governor of California, right, from Jerry Brown. I got a governor's a pardon for all the, you know, the stuff that I had done, which was you know, back in, you know, like I said, the 70s and the 80s, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part. You know, I had one last little thing, one little brief fling <laughs> uh, in the mid-90s, and then that was it. Well, look at all the amazing things you have done moving forward. I mean, I'm looking at your website, Robert Hammond Consulting, and, you know, it's a lot to be proud of. Well, I'm, I say more than even proud, I just say grateful. Grateful mm-hmm. is the attitude, your attitude of gratitude, that I have to keep myself in and the humility, because actually I do, you know, have one of the problems with, and I use that word uh, lightly, is, is with being proud of myself is because I sometimes I do kind of take my press seriously, and I think, hey, I'm such a big shot, you know, look at me. That sometimes I forget where I came from, mm-hmm. you know. So I, mean, I appreciate the opportunity here, and I, I appreciate sharing my story. And that's one of the reasons I wrote the light. You know, it's a novel really for people, you know, not just people in recovery, but just people who know people who are looking for like spiritual enlightenment. Was really what it was about. You know, that's really what I was seeking: is love and light. Right. And I think we all are. You know, we all want love. We all want to see the light. You know, we want to understand and have something in order and something that makes sense. 
you know, whether it's a spiritual experience or, you know, some people go to religion, some people go to, you know, do some relationships or, you know, go off to India or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I find, you know, you don't have, it's like, if you ever, like, woke up trying to, like, get ready to go to work or something and you, and you can't find your keys, you're running around the house. Oh, yeah. Oh, where's my keys? And you get all upset, blaming everybody. Right. And all of a sudden you look, they're in your hand. Right. Or your glasses on your head. Exactly. It's like, hey, you know what? I, well, I can't see, but here my glasses are right here. Right. I can't get out of the house, but hey, I got the key right here in my hand. And mm-hmm. so I'm looking for love and light way out there in India or Tibet somewhere, you know, climbing these mountains and, you know, drug, sex, rock and roll, whatever. But the truth is, the light is within. The kingdom is within you. God, right. light, love. If you be still, you'll find it. You know, you wait in that light, you know, it'll come. Yeah, I mean, because it's never gone away. You know, love is really there, and your heart is that deepest little garden that's way inside of us that we sometimes just think we need someone else or something else to, to fill it up with. Right. You know, that's why it's so sad and painful to see, you know, the passing of Philip Seymour Hoffman is that mm. look at where you have come from and where you are now, and then you think, man, it's like, what a talent, and it's such a loss. Oh, absolutely. If, if In fact, he was actually around. one of the, the actors, you know, just, I'll tell you this, I haven't really told a lot of people, but I have spoken to people. We were looking at casting, you know, Cecil B. DeMille, you know, the biopic, who would play him, and he was actually on my short list, of, and not like it's my decision, I'm not like the head mm-hmm. producer of it, but it was like, I would love to see, you know, him or, or somebody like that, yes. you know, play that part, you know, because he did a great job with Capote, you know, and he's done, you know, so many other oh, yes. great works, you know, The Master, you know, recently, and, mm-hmm. you know, few, so many things, I can't even name all the movies <laughs> that oh, yeah. I can think of right now, just, you know, coming flooding into my head, and you'll, I'm sure anyone looking on the internet will see them. But, you know, and it's not just him, and I, and I want to really say this, too, because it's not just about, you know, like famous and actors and celebrity people that, you know, we should feel so sad about, which, you know, I do feel sad for his family, especially, mm-hmm. you know, his children and everyone. But there's so many people out there, not just, you know, famous people, you know, the Charlie Sheens, the Lindsay Lohans, and oh, everyone yeah. else, you know, yes. uh, that, you know, or the Corey Montese, people that don't make it. I mean, some of us, you know, we're like, oh, this person keep living in their life, you know, crazy. You know, I don't deserve to, you know, still be alive through all the stuff I've done. I had people that died and overdosed, right. you know, years ago. You know, so it was just, for, you know, fortunate, you know, just grace, um, whatever it is. And, um, you know, we really just, I reach out to everyone who's going through this, every family. Most families have somebody in their family that, you know, has, you know, problems, whether, you know, not necessarily like a heroin addict, you know, but, you know, an addiction of some kind, you know, or out, whether it's alcohol, gambling, oh, yes. Yes. Um, you know, you know, some abusive kinds of situations. And, you know, we're all, you know, we all have something that we need to look at. And that's a thing, rather than blaming everyone else for everything or looking and thinking we're better than everyone else, um, you know, look within ourselves. That's and, so you know, we'll not necessarily just to beat yourself up either, you know, but, you know, I know when you... A lot of people, I, I've seen some posts on Facebook, people are like judgment. Oh, well, he deserved to die because he was a heroin addict. Oh, stop. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm sure you'll, you know, you'll, you'll find people that'll say things like that. And that's, you know, obviously, you know, not the majority sentiment. But it's sad that, you know, there are people that, that judge because, you know, they really just don't understand it. You know, but the truth is we all have something that we're probably not really proud of or something that we've done or some problem or some weakness or something that we could use some help with. And that's maybe right. that's the thing is we need to, you know, look at helping each other more than putting each other down and looking at what we have in common more mm-hmm. than how different we are, you know, regardless of race, politics, you know, yes. levels of success, celebrity, and all that. You know, we all, you know, have the same heart. 
we all have the same feelings, we all love, we all looking for love, and we want to be loved, and we want to love, and you know, find the light. No, you're absolutely right. Robert, we have to wrap up. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Can you just tell everybody your website again? Oh, go to roberthammondconsulting.com. And, you know, and there's a couple of free reports there if anyone's looking for, like, how to become a successful author or a bestseller blueprint. You, know, you can go to roberthammondconsulting.com for that. Wonderful. Have a wonderful day, and thank you for all you're doing. You're very, very inspiring. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a wonderful day, too. Right. Bye-bye. That was Robert Hammond uh, joining us in the second part of the show. And if you missed any part of today's Get the Funk Out show, everything will be up on my blog within an hour, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Coming up next, Sheldon Abbott with Cure for the Blues. I'll be back here next Monday at 9. Have a great day, everybody. 